Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. The importance of setting goals with Darlene Whitehurst. I have Darlene with us out of her busy schedule. She came with us to talk today about goals. Now, you probably know Darlene from Goal Friends, but we'll get to that in a little while. I want to learn about the woman behind the idea of goal setting with a different twist on it. Like, it's not New Year's, so why are we even talking about goals anyway? So welcome to the show, Darlene. I have so many questions for you. I hope you're ready. Yay, Diane. Thank you for having me. This is like my most fun topic, so I'm always ready. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, the first thing I really would like you to share with all of us is what interested you in the topic of goals to start with and their importance? Like, How did you start to realize that that was something that was so important? I thought you'd never ask. So when I was in my 30s, I'm 60 now, I just had a six, my 60th birthday. When I was in my 30s, I started realizing just from studying and being involved and, and studying Brian Tracy, that's where I started. I started realizing the effects of goal settings and truly, and I don't like to use this cliche word of manifesting, but so because I have a little scientific brain. So I started realizing how goal setting worked and and I was manifesting things that was happening. So I went actually to a bookstore. We didn't have Google then. I went to the bookstore to research and all I could find were smart goals. So I kind of looked at the methodology of smart goals and then that led to girlfriends one day. We'll we'll talk about that in a minute. One of the things that I'll say just on the front end is goal setting is often overlooked. The power of goal setting is where you start with anything. Right. So a lot of people who listen to the show are visionary types or they're the creative, you know, yes. and and it's really easy to, to get so big and then kind of get lost in it all. And so what's a good starting point if somebody's got this idea or this vision and they're like, oh, maybe I do need to set goals. Do I even have goals set? Where would where would somebody start? Well, first of all, if you ha- if you ha- if you're a visionary, it's kind of downloaded, so you go backwards. So that's a that's a separate situation. But you have to have systems, and you have to have inspiration and motivation. So what I tell women and girlfriends: start with a bucket list. Sometimes all you have are your dreams. Start there, and then you start breaking it down into small steps, which are your goals. You have to get clear. What I tell women all the time is clarity equals confidence and confidence is empowering. Once you get clear with your idea or your vision or what you want your life to look like, that's empowering. You get clear and you just start with simple steps. And one of the biggest things I say is you know your dreams better than anyone. So get them on paper. There's something called the generation effect. Instead of something happening to you, It has to happen through you, you have to embody it. So if you start writing it down, you're going to start embodying it. And that gives you a system. Exactly. Like it happens through us. And so many people are so caught in that outside world of it's happening to me. It's happening to me. And I'm like, well, it's really coming through us. So your life, I always say, is a reflection of your most primary inner thoughts and the way you're doing life. And so it's so important to really be clear on that. Very clear on that. 
Exactly. I think when we're talking about visionaries, that's a it's a different bird because visionaries, it does come through us. You use, if something's usually downloaded, you get this vision, you get this inspiration, and then you're right. What do you do with it? You, you got to start getting clear how you have to map it out. Right. But it's usually this symbiotic flow of that. What goal setting does is just help you, gives you guardrails. And I want to talk about something really important because it's usually the most missed information of goals. Most people don't know the difference between a dream, a goal, and a to-do list. Simple little things like that help you really refine where you're going and how you're going to get there. So a dream would be like a vision. It's this big aspiration of vision, what you're aspiring to do. A goal are usually simple steps. It's a methodology to get there. So there are steps to your dreams. And then a to-do list are tasks. I get asked that all the time. A to-do list is just a task of go to the grocery store. You can have some tasks to your goals, but your tasks are a task list of things you want to get done in a day that sometimes you merge with your goals. Your goals and your dreams I try to keep separate. So a lot of people from your definition confuse dreams and goals. Yes. Do you find that in the people that you work with that, that, they, that they're kind of mixing that up? Yeah, what actually what I found is I work with a lot of entrepreneurial women that are superstars, but they've never set a goal. They just have a vision to do something, start a business, but they don't have methodical goals, which I found shocking when I started working in the community. <laughs> I like, but but then, I, then I had to process it that they're very linear type of goals, like get out of high school, go to college, get married, have children, build a business, retire, get a beach house. Right. <laughs> you get off to college. And then when I came in and said, well, what about your peripheral goals? What about writing a book? You're still doing all these linear things, getting you through life. But what about what you want? Because, you know, as a, as a, as a mother, sometimes you can get derailed in what everybody else wants. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you have these dreams and your dreams should be you know, go on a girl's trip, build a business, ride a camel, whatever it is, climb a mountain. You have these dreams that you want to do, these things you want to accomplish, like a bucket list, but then your goals are methodical to get you there. Oh, I love that. And I think a lot of people do kind of blend them or don't really pay attention to that part. And then I also, I have some people I'm listening to and I have some people I'm working with that they like to call their to-do list their goals. Like, this is my goal of the day is to go to the grocery store and do this. And I'm like, well, that's not the goal. That's just what you're doing to get to the bigger okay. picture goal. That has to be reasonable and time efficient and, and work with what you're doing. So it, it's very interesting that you should say that. I'm glad you shared that. So I know that you are the science geeky person and you love to research <laughs> and know stuff. You know, you're you're definitely a visionary, but you're also really into understanding the neuroscience and the brain stuff and the, how it works. Like we go, we could go on forever about that. And so give us a little bit of the science behind the importance of setting goals. Like why is, does it even matter scientifically or brain wise? Because I, I think it's great to talk about because I go, 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 but right second, there's more to this. It's deeper and we don't only set goals on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, so or our birthdays ending in zeros. So give us a little bit of the science that you know. So favorite topic. First of all, resolutions don't last. They have about an 8% chance. And by about, November, by about January 19th, most people have 
aborted most of the resolutions because they're not a goal set, a system, some timelines and action steps. But the neuroscience behind it, first of all, I'll tell you a simple thing, writing down a goal, you have a 42% better chance of accomplishing it. If you just put pen to paper, remember generation effect, you have to generate it through you. Sharing a goal, you have a 65% chance of accomplishing it. Having an accountability partner, which is what Goal Friends does, is you have this sustainable, accountable, measurable system and rhythm. You have a 95% better chance. So I would I used to say to somebody, okay, you can think it in your head and process it, but if you write it down, share it, and have an accountability partner, you have almost 100% chance of doing it. Mm. That's neuroscience. That's a fact. That's neuroscience. It's it's that's a statistic. Also, when you share in your brain, obviously you have dopamine, these neurotransmitters. When you share, you get more excited about it. So you're going to get a dopamine dump. I call it gulpamine. (laughs) You get this gulpamine dump and you have this emotional contagion that goes along with it. You get on this vibe of the goal. You start entangling with it and it starts to carry you. So I get really, I kind of get really geeky about it, but I really love that part because it's not just trite set the goal. It's not just like uh, perfunctory. It is really, there is a system and neuroscience along with it. Oh, see, that's magical. And I think that the people who are successful with writing goals down and having accountability, people that kind of fall into that, they don't really realize that's what they're doing. And they're successful are really living in alignment with what science tells us and what neurology tells us and what spirit tells us about how to do it. That it needs to be everybody harmonized, headed in the same direction with focus, right? So what do you do in your own life to take care of you? What do you do for your own stress relief? You're out there helping people all the time. You're a visionary. There's so much in your life. And what does Darlene do on a personal level for Darlene? That That's a great question. I have to. I'm a natural introvert. And so I, I take long baths and I read and I sit in prayer and meditate. I have a candle right now. I have to have a sacred space so that I can refuel and download. I have to know what's coming. What what am I trying to do at this point? Because with with my goal of trying to share and inspire reach of, of particularly women coming together and supporting each other in their dreams and goals, it does take a lot. And you're right. You're giving and you're any visionary is holding a space with broad shoulders and we're holding a, a vibration to, to make it work. We, you can tell if you've let it down, the vision goes down, you know. So I have to have a lot of alone time and, and baths and some days just nothingness stays, you know, not a big Netflix or whatever, but just breathe just and refuel. I mean, it's very deliberate that I'm having a refuel day so that I can come back full, fill up my cup and, and embrace it. Mm, That's great advice. I think a lot of people think that visionaries are supposed to keep going, 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 and know that we have to take care of ourselves along the way and rest and refuel in the best way that works for us. I love baths too. That's what like gets me just light my candles, give me a break. (laughs) And because my introverted self is like, I need time to myself through all of this. I love helping and giving and doing things with people. And my refueling time is by myself. <laughs> yeah. And, and we can't, introverts can't go. I can entertain and I'm fun and, and have friends at my house all the time. People come through town and stay over, you know, COVID is a little bit different, but 
after about three or four days, I just have to have a refuel day. And I think we, we have a certain amount of energy to expend and then we have to pull it in. Whereas extroverts get all their energy from outside, leaving them alone for a day is treacherous. <laughs> right. Anything could happen to them. In fact, I had, I had dinner with a friend of mine last night who was an extrovert. She goes, this has been the hardest thing ever in my life, you know, having to be home all the time, even though she loves her husband and, and gets to connect some on Zoom. It's like no people. And so we found a place we could go and, and sit outside and kind of feel yeah. safer and all of that. And and she's like, oh, my God, a person, a person. <laughs> I know. Energy, energy. So that we're also we have to go inward, but they are like starving for energy. Right. Outward. Yeah. I'm like, good, I get to stay home. <laughs> and she's like, ah, I can't stay home. <laughs> Just off topic, when COVID hit, I said, ah, because we remember it was two weeks. My two weeks, now we're almost a year, but it's the first two weeks, I'm like, ah, I can so read. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it wasn't bad at first. Right. It's because, oh, good, I get a break. Yes. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, now what are we doing? Hold on a second here. <laughs> Let's get going. <laughs> right. So now goals can be started at any time, right? Like I, I hear some, I have a, I have a client who um, is very gifted. Most of all my clients are gifted. And one of the things he always says is I have to have the numbers line up or it has to be a certain day. And he puts a lot of overthinking into the externals yet refuses to do the writing down and do the internals. And so there's always a disconnect and he really struggles. He doesn't make the goals because he's not actually following a procedure that flows, right? And how does overthinking or the people who like want to like really wrap it in their head and not really do the other part, how do you help somebody like that? What would you tell them to do other than put the pen in their hand and say, here, (laughs) Well, I think, and I'm a processor as well, why I gear up. Some people gear up, but you got to get started. Yeah, I just posted something today that said it's the start that stops you. So an easy way is to get everything down on paper, what you think you might want, even if you're just processing random thoughts, like a bucket list, put everything out there and then take one thing and start making a little system with it. It's so easy. It shouldn't be... um, inspiration comes within, but motivation comes without, it comes on the, it's outward. So when you get inspired or you're thinking or trying to get clear, get it on paper. I just can't, I can't impress enough. It's like your dream pen, like your brain, it has a reticular activating system. So it has a natural GPS, just like you say, Hey Siri, take me here. If you put that, we're a supercomputer. If you put that information in your brain and I would couple it with seeking you shall find, asking you shall receive, you know, Mary, Mary spirit, you know, that Mary spirit and that vibration. But I really implore people to get it on paper. It's such a simple thing. And then keep writing a day at a time. Even if you write the same things, I want this. Answer that question. What do you want? And then you get to how are you going to get there? Some simple steps. But it's more about embodying the power of it that you can do it, but you really do have to start. And I know once you write it down, you have to take action on something, but clarity comes first. Get clear, even if it's throwing one thing at the wall until it sticks, get clear on something and and then watch it happen. It's empowering. It will motivate you neurologically. It will motivate you to do more. Also, there's this new science out, obviously, neuroplasticity, where I always say, get in the groove. Get in the groove. Even vision boards, visioning, writing still changes those pathways in your head and you'll start feeling, you'll start embodying it. 
Right. So I think science is finally putting out there information that adds to what a lot of people who've been doing it in a spiritual way have known for years. And that is when we bring it all together, our mental self, our emotional self, our spirit self, and our heart, and we bring it all together and we get everybody in alignment, heading in the same direction or at least close, then things really change toward whatever the goal is. And so what if somebody changes their mind? Like they write it all down and they think it's going to be really cool. And then they start and they change their mind. What would, what about that? Let me address that. It's my friend. I have a word for that. So, so the whole, the, the objective, when you set down a goal, you want to, you want to reach the goal, right? But you do change your mind. You evolve. I call it when you change your mind, Either divert or give it a goalectomy. <laughs> Take it off your list. <laughs> goalectomy. I love it. Give it a goalectomy. You know, I ha- I'm writing a little a little premium book right now called Goalosophy. You reap what you goal. That's why goals matter. You reap what you goal. But I have these words. One of those words is if you evolve, if a goal, particularly if it's weighing you down. All right. So with women in the women's market. If we don't lose that five pounds, it will be disastrous. So sometimes like take it off your list. Give it a golectomy. Don't lose focus on the other things that you want in life. Don't get stuck and let it weigh you down. If it's not in flow, let it go. Give it a golectomy. It doesn't mean you failed the goal. You own the goals. They're your goals. You have the option. Be empowered to change your goals. You don't fail them. You just change them. I always say reserve the right to change your mind. Yeah. And yeah. and and I think that that's true and I love what you said about the fact that we're always evolving. And so if we're evolving it could be like this really great goal right now today. I could be talking to you and go Darlene this is what I really what I want to do. And then it could I could start down that path and then go, "Well, wait a second. And something else could show up or that could no longer really excite me and that doesn't mean I'm bad or wrong or messed it up. It just means I've evolved and I'm seeing something going another way." You know, that's human nature. Mm-hmm. It's human nature to want certain things, even in a relationship. You break off a relationship. Sometimes you have to ungoal. You break up with your goal. It's And it's okay. It is not a failure because all of them, all your, your dreams and goals are stepping stones to get you somewhere. The most important part about it is get serious and methodical about it. It doesn't, it's not homework. It doesn't have to be arduous. It's not arduous. It should be electric. It should be like, Goaltastic. It should be fun. See through this lens of opportunity of what you can do in life and what's available to you and what you can create. You're co-creating in this world. And but if you evolve, you'll go on to something else because your brain will just take you there. Don't look at it as a failure. You own your goals. That's empowering. So setting goals is empowering. And there are a lot of people say resolutions. For that matter, when people set 40 resolutions and you don't have a plan for it, you don't have a system, that's why they all go away. It's all jumbled up and it's a mess. So you just have to, you know, if you change your mind, let it go, focus on one, two or three, one at a time, one simple, imperfect step at a time. <laughs> right. And, and, and when I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm what's coming to my mind are the words like self-love, self-compassion, like Self-acknowledgement, like acknowledging ourselves for who we are and totally being okay with messing it up, doing it great, stumbling. That's why we have accountability and people with us so that if we, we're not going to be perfect, it's not a linear path. No. 
and as I'm listening to you, that's what I keep thinking of is, is that embodiment of self-compassion and love and still having a focus of where we're going. It doesn't mean be lazy. It means love myself on the journey. Exactly. It doesn't mean be lazy if you don't do it and be perfect if you do do it. It's just a guide. It will absolutely help you if you, again, it's really, really hard, again, in the women's market for women to say, answer the question, what do I want? Because we're nurturers. Uh, Men are much more strategic. It's a little bit easier for men once you decide what you want to, to perform and take action, be strategic. But it should be a fun meandering through life for me um with the exception if you're going through a dark time or, or some you know uh you know you're just going through a time for me it's electric it's like oh my gosh i can do this well visionaries are like that bright shiny objects <laughs> what can we do next but you know sometime before you finish <laughs> before you finish you're on to the next thing right but if you have these things documented you've already implanted them in your brain so your brain is already working on that and it will work for you. Mm-hmm. Right. It does. I write yeah. down, I'll be journaling and I will write down all these ideas or these things that come to mind or these one liners of like, Oh, that would be a good interview or that would be a good this or whatever it is. And then pretty soon and I'll put it down and then I'll find that paper later and I'll go, Oh, I did all those. And I didn't even really notice it just happened because I plugged it into my body and my system in it called it in and then I did it. And so I, I laugh about how when we stay in the flow that way, it's magical on both sides, the download. And then as it happens, <laughs> that's the part I love. I will do, I'll do the same thing because I write so much and in my downtime, if you slow down enough, it will come to you, get creative. And then I'll find it later after I've reproduced it eight other times. I'm sure right. you've done it before. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Always. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I already did this. I did this much <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You've implanted it. I've done that where I've written part of a book and then it got saved to the cloud and I didn't know that's where it was. And then I couldn't find it. So I started writing the book again, the idea again. And then that idea, actually, the computer crashed and about the first thousand words was gone. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, well, let's do it again the third time. And then I found the version in the cloud that had like 5,000 words and actually was better written than what I was doing. I already did it. I tried the original vision. All right. And so I'm like, oh, okay, well, here we go. We'll just start here. Don't you love that? I do. I do it all the time. And with visionaries, and I think this is so fascinating because visionaries, you you almost get downloaded a vision and then sometimes we'll run all the way around. You know how it goes. You run around, you change it, and you will come right back to the original vision and it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Have you right. ever found that? Yes. And so, which I always say to my people, just trust it. Trust the vision, even if you don't see how it's going to happen or the timing or if or anything, trust it because in there are all the answers and all the revelations, but we have to trust it and have faith in it so that it can emerge in a way that we can understand it and see it. Otherwise, we're going to miss it because we're going to be looking everywhere else other than, you know, within for the answer. Um. It's, it's, a, it's a critical process, even with goals, when you have a vision or have a dream or have a goal, too. You have, you, self-doubt's going to come in because we have this inner roommate that lives within us <laughs> that says, I can't do that. That can't happen. And you just have to just override it. Just stay. Uh, three favored words. Stay the course. Mm-hmm. You might give it a golectomy if you don't want it, but it will, you'll be staying the course just, as you said, trust it. Trust the vision. Trust the big guy. Trust the plan. Right. 
exactly. Totally. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about Goal Friends and um, how you started it and where you see it going in the future. Tell everybody about it. I, I, The moment I heard about it and you first told me about Goal Friends, I was totally fascinated. I think it's amazing. And I really would love everybody to hear it from you, the creator of it and the passion behind it. Well, thank you. You know, it's, um, I started it, it was almost, there's the saying, I think I wrote it actually, <laughs> but sure, before there's a vision, there must be a void. And as I was studying SMART goals and watching what was happening in my life at 33, when I finally realized this power of how simple it was, I went to a meeting one night and watched women uh, were sharing and carpooling and whatnot. And I, I was looking for a place, uh, an audience to share the power of this magic to, to, because to me it was magical. So I had this aha moment. I said, what if I brought women together specifically to share in their dreams and goals together and support each other? And that's it to celebrate each other, to share with each other specifically come in, start with a bucket list. And so Goal Friends is a community-based, um, it's held in groups online where women actually come together, nobody's selling anything, they're supporting and collaborating with each other, and they're, it's, you have that sustainability and that accountability. So it was organic. I started with a little teeny book that I wrote over the weekend just to share the power of goal setting. And it was a little journal. And then women kept asking for more, what do I do now? It morphed into 36 modules, and um, it's right now it's in 14 different countries, and it's online, and we now have a, a Goal Friends Foundation. So my, my big focus this year, it's getting ready to go into the prison system. My big focus this year is to really serve the underserved with it. Beautiful. But yeah, uh, my goal is just to inspire and reach the masses. That's what I was called to do. I love it. I love it. And and so it brings women together to help them with something that's that's not always comfortable or or trained or taught to them. And then the ones who can do it and you gave them a structure. I so when you have a structure like a system, right? There right. it's increases success. So I bet you see amazing goals being attained and amazing confidence being brought up in people along with visions showing up that, you know, are probably doing a lot of good for the world. So how does that feel for you to have been the, this person who had an idea, searched for the result, and now not only are helping all the women all over the world, but going into the underserved populations that really needed even more? Like, how does that feel for you? What a great question. Um, you know, because as most visionaries, you're always looking forward. It was just during COVID, because I've always moving forward, moving forward, um, just during COVID that I really started reflecting back. And I was watching the, humbly speaking, I was watching the collaboration and the magic and the books that were being written and the businesses started and the collaboration between the women of starting things. Um I don't think I really stopped for a while to take it in because I was so humble about it. I wasn't trying to be the founder of anything. I have a marketing and branding company, president of a marketing and branding company for 21 years. This was just my give back. But now I look at it like, God, this is amazing. I look at these women and what they've done. So um, how I feel about it is humbled, ever so humbled and shy about it a little bit. 
the underserved market is just a good fit for me because we have a lot more advantages in life than underserved people. My mom, um, my mom was a single mom for a while and, and she waitressed and she made it work. So at least I know where I came from. I was raised just above the poverty line for a little while and she could have used these tools. So it would have helped her. That was one of my main reasons for doing this, but yeah, it feels it feels like a well-done, good and faithful servant, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yes, and when you made the comment that it was a, your give back, it is a give back. Yeah. It's a paying it forward give back. And yeah. you used your talent and ability to create a system and a paradigm that could be easily digested by people and a roadmap. So yeah. I think that's really beautiful. So thank you for that level of service and for taking girlfriends into the prisons and doing things yeah. because – it's so important. And so thank you. So necessary. Thank you. Thank so, you. Thank you. Um, I have one last question for you, but before I ask you that question, is there anything on your heart that you wanted to share that I have not covered? You know, for lack of, um, not in promoting goal friends, but what I would want to say is I'm, one of the reasons I'm changing, trying to change the paradigm of women is because Women serve everyone else and they don't get a chance to decide what they want in a sense. It's, it's a hard question for women, but there is no easier way than gathering with some girlfriends and doing this and serve yourself, own you, decide what you want, because you're going to be a better everything on the outside of that. That, I think that that is the ultimate message. As I said, whether you do a girlfriends program, a mastermind, find somebody, find a tribe, find a few friends just to share and collaborate together and, and grow. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. So your last question yes. is if there was going to be a billboard that I was going to put up and the whole world was going to see this billboard with Darlene Whitehurst's quote on it, what would that billboard say? Specific to goal friends? To anything. Um, life. That's a great question. I would, I would, I would say follow your calling. If I love you're in, that. Yeah. If you're inspired, follow your calling. Follow your calling. I love that. I love that one. So <laughs> everybody, a that's a good, that's a good, very good one. So follow your calling from Darlene Whitehurst. So you have been listening to Darlene Whitehurst. And if you're really vibing with what she's saying and you're going, oh my God, it's amazing. You can go to the show notes and find all the ways to contact her and follow her and learn more about her because her bio will be there too. Because Dar there's much more to Darlene that this short conversation, we could probably do 10 of the size interviews and still not cover the amazing things that she's bringing to the world because she knows how to set goals. <laughs> so if, if you want to learn how to set goals, and especially if you're a woman really wanting to bring a sense of community together, check out Girlfriends. It's really amazing. So Darlene, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for answering all my questions. And most importantly, thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Thank you. And thanks for having me. It's a really special time. Oh, Look. it's all. Thank you. So remember, everybody, to put your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star and you're here on purpose with a purpose. So go out there and let your light shine and be the brilliant you that you're meant to be. And until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. 
please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.